Hello friends, family, anyone who's joining us today. It is my privilege to open up the Word of God with you as we continue in our series, Teach Us to Pray today. I am so blessed by what God is doing in our midst. Um, I don't know if you remember, but at the start of the series, uh, doing the prayer course, uh, there was shared the idea about a toolbox of prayer that is going to be growing. And it's been absolutely amazing to learn the various facets of prayer and to see our prayer lives blossom in the fullness of God. So many testimonies around. And today I'll share a few with you as we get into the word of what God is doing in our midst. Now, I want to start today with a question. And the question is simply this. Who is in your prayer corner? Who is in your prayer corner? We know the metaphor or the saying to have someone in your corner. And that simply means that you have someone on your team, that you have someone having your back, someone taking care of you, someone there for you. And in life, we have people in our corner in many places and for many things. But it's critically important that we as the followers of Jesus also have people in our corner for prayer. We've got to know that there are people having our backs on our team, praying with us, praying for us. And today we're going to investigate the power of corporate prayer and what it is to have someone on our team. Now, I believe prayer is a team sport. It's all about the coming together. And before you, you guys say, no, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We've been speaking quite a lot about the, the personal prayer journey. It is really both. It is about the personal journey of loving God and, and being in relationship with the Father and knowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the conversation with Him. But then it's also a team sport and coming together, praying corporately for one another and with one another. The way I think about prayer is a little bit like boxing. Now, boxing is an individual match. Um, there's a boxer in a ring with an opponent and he's in an arena and he's fighting this this good fight, but any boxer worth his money has got an incredible, great team behind him. So boxing to me is one of probably the best ways to try and describe prayer to us, that we are in this arena of life, this ring of life, and, and we are praying and we are fighting the good fight, and, and there's a corner, and I'll talk about the corner in a moment, but no one goes into a boxing match without these the boxing gloves. That's the most important, probably, element to the boxing game is the fact that we have gloves on our hands. And we put on these gloves for many reasons. We put them on so that we can protect our hands. We put them on because they are our weapons to fight our opponents. But today I want to use these gloves as a bit of an analogy of our prayer life and the team that we have in the gloves. You see, the boxer becomes one with these gloves, and then there's power in his punch. And today I'm going to use these two gloves to kind of explain to you that when we enter the arena of prayer, we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit as these gloves becoming part of what we do, releasing our prayers to the Father and having us fight this good fight of faith. So throughout Scripture, it is revealed to us how prayer works and how we should be praying, but Here's an amazing encouragement to us today in this idea of boxing is that the Bible teaches us that both Jesus and the Holy Spirit is also interceding for us. Let's read in Romans 8 verse 34. It says this, Christ Jesus is the one who died. 
more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. So when we get into this boxing arena and we put on this one glove, that is Jesus Christ saying, your prayers becoming one with me and being, being united with me and my prayers in heaven gives you a great punch on this side. But not just Jesus, the Bible also teaches us that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us as well. Earlier on in Romans 8, let's read together. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So right at the beginning, in this idea that boxing is a team sport, but also that prayer is a team sport, I want to say when you step into the arena of prayer, you've got Jesus on the one side and the Spirit on the other, helping you to pray praying with you, aligning your prayers with the prayers that are prayed in heaven. And sometimes we don't know what to pray and our, our spirit groans, but the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf. And, and I just want to say, church, we've got some strong Jesus jabs and Holy Spirit hooks to bring into this arena of prayer. So it truly is a team sport. It's not just you crying out to heaven and speaking into the open air. In heaven, amazing things happen. Jesus at the right hand and the Spirit interceding for us. That already gives me an incredible sense of faith this morning that we have a team praying with us. Now beyond the gloves, beyond the intercessions of Jesus and the Holy Spirit with us in the arena and the ring of life fighting the good fight of faith, we also need our corner to be intact. That place where we retreat to and then there's a team in the corner. What I love about the example of Jesus is that he prayed in community. And if Jesus prayed in community, how much more shouldn't we do the same? So many times in the Gospels, we see how Jesus retreated to pray. But we read in Luke how he took Peter and John and James with him up the mountain to pray. And then another part in the Gospels, he says when he was praying by himself... His disciples was with him. Jesus understood that he needed his corner, his team with him in prayer. And how much more should we not have that? Yes, we have Jesus interceding and the Spirit interceding when we're praying. But then we also have one another. So again, I want to ask the question, who is in your prayer corner? Using the analogy of boxing again, because this is really where the idea of a corner is, is mostly explained to us in in sport is usually in a box boxer's corner there's a trainer and there's a cut man now the trainer is there because he's been walking this journey with the the guy in the ring and he he sees differently because he's from a different perspective he can see the fight that this boxer is facing with his opponent and i, I believe in those moments when the boxer retreat the trainer is there to remind the boxer of his training Reminding him of the things that's being put into him. A little bit like us coming together with our friends. And then we remind ourselves what the word says and the testimonies of past of what God has done. The trainer is also there to point out to the boxer the enemy's weaknesses. To say, hey, listen, he's got quite a, a weak left arm and, and a lower uppercut. So when he comes in like that, just give him a Jesus jab on the right and you're going to hit him straight on. 
That's the role of the trainer. But then also there's the cut man who is there to take care and tend to the injuries on the boxer's face and body, the cuts that he has received, and to give him things like water and, and, and some Vaseline on his face and all the stuff that they need to do in boxing. And I found this to be quite amazing. They call that minute that a boxer retreats to a corner, they call it the sanctuary. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like us retreating to the place of God. And they actually call the work of the cut man in that moment, tending to the boxer, they call it ministry. So I want to say to you today that, yes, when we get into the arena of life, we have Jesus, we have Holy Spirit interceding for us, but we also ought to make sure that we have a team in the corner that we can go to, to remind us, to encourage us, to see, see perspectives that we don't see, to point out the weaknesses, but then also to minister to, with, to us and, and feed us with water, the living water of His Word. See, we are fighting in the arena of life. We are fighting the good fight of faith. We have the gloves, but we need a corner. And simply put, today is that corner is praying with others. It's coming out of your closet. It's coming out of the personal prayer space and stepping into the public. Now, I want to encourage you today with four things that praying with others do and praying with our corner does in, in our world of prayer. First of all, when we pray with others, there's a greater portion. There's a greater portion available when we pray with one another. When we step out of our closet and we come together to pray, then something happens that is more than just praying by ourselves. You see, God intends for His community, His church, His body to enjoy Him both personally, but also to enjoy Him in community. And in fact, Jesus speaks about this. Matthew 18 verse 20 reads like this, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, there's a greater portion for you. There's a greater awareness of my presence amongst you when you gather. When you go to your corner, when you go to the sanctuary, to the place of ministry, and you pray from there, you will experience a greater portion that is more than just praying by yourself. I love this because so many of us know that praying by ourselves is good and it's essential and it's the foundation of our relationship with God. But sometimes we really do need the corner. And sometimes there's experiences and moments of faith and encouragement in the corner that we would never find in, in, the, in the private place. There's a greater sense of His awareness and there truly is a greater portion. Now, I want you for a moment to just think about the times that you've prayed with people. Think about how God has moved. Even this week, maybe in your small group you've prayed with someone. If you prayed with your wife or with your kids, someone at work. And, and I want to remind you, there's a, there's a beautiful quote by David Mathis that says this. The great point of prayer is not getting things from God, but getting God. Therefore, if Jesus said, when you gather to pray, there I am in your midst. It's almost as if I want to paraphrase that, that there's a greater accepting of God and receiving of God in the public place of prayer than we would find in the private. And, and that's really what prayer is about. It's not just getting stuff from God, 
but it's getting God Himself. You see, in that place of togetherness, the greater portion is that there's more enriching for us from one to another. Our perspectives are challenged. Sometimes you pray and you have a certain idea around the circumstance and you've been praying in a certain way and then you share with your friends or you're at, at corporate prayer or at a Sunday gathering and someone else prays for a different outcome on the same matter according to the word. And then you realize, you know what, God might just be teaching me a different perspective on the matter. My perspective has often and many times changed in prayer. In fact, over the past three months, it has changed dramatically. Every nation in Southern Africa prays daily, every morning from 6 to 7 on Zoom. And it's been amazing to pray with our family across the Southern Africa region and people from different cultures and contexts and seeing what God is doing in their lives and their world and how they interpret His Word and the application thereof has grown me immensely. That's the greater portion, is that our perspective is challenged and sometimes upgraded and changed. And then there's that moment of experiencing God through one another. Sometimes just praying together, someone comes in with a little bit, bit of more faith or just spend really good time with the Lord and, and he or she walks into the room and they just bring something that we need. We need to have our prayer corner intact. In fact, imagine three of you come together to pray and over the past week, each one of you has spent an hour in the Word. By the time you get together, there's 21 hours spent in the Word of God going into a prayer meeting. You see, it's that compounded space. And C.S. Lewis said this beautifully. He says, The more we thus share the heavenly bread between us, the more we will have. The more we come together to pray and, and share our experiences of Him and what He's doing in our lives and we bring that into prayer meetings, the next moment we will see multiplication and we will have much more than what we started out with. Sometimes there's some things that you need others to pray through with you. That is not your own to carry. The Bible speaks about carrying one each other's burdens. A few weeks ago, the boxing match got very real for me personally. And I was in a bit of a bad shape. <laughs> it felt like the enemy has had a few jabs and uppercuts my way. And you know what I needed to do is I needed to stop and pick up my phone and send a message to those in my prayer corner and say, you have different gifts. You have different perspectives. You have different viewpoints. I'm feeling like this today. Can you just truly intercede for me and pray on my behalf? And as it is with faithful men and women in our lives, got responses, got messages, got prophetic encouragements, got messages from the Word, and it helped see me through that season. There's a greater portion available for us when we gather to pray, when we cover one another, when we are there for one another, when we retreat to our corner, not a physical place, but a place of being with one another for ministry and receiving the Word. Then the other thing that I want to bring to you today is the greater portion that we see is the different gifts operating. The Word of God is clear that Holy Spirit comes and He gives His church and those within His church various gifts. You can go and read about it, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And He speaks about these various gifts and at various times He gives these gifts. But in our gathering, those gifts are really exercised and, and are being used. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 26 reads like this, When you come together... 
Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. And then he says, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So when we gather to pray, all these various gifts get together in a room. And then there's encouragement. And then there's a song. And then there might be a tongue and an interpretation or a prophetic word. And this really brings me to my second point. When we pray together, not only is there a greater portion, but there's greater power. There are different expressions of the Holy Spirit in our midst. You see, prayer is an environment of faith. Prayer is an environment where we gather to not only pray for one another, but to lean into what Holy Spirit wants to do and the Father wants to do and Jesus wants to do in our midst. And sometimes we might be praying and there's words of wisdom and knowledge and healing, discernment and faith. Just as past Sunday night, we prayed for people for healing and people have been touched because there was a gift of, of knowledge and discernment in the room. So when we gather, there's greater power in our midst. I want to share a quick testimony. On Monday, I had the opportunity to pray for someone who was battling with migraines. And while I was praying for this individual, I saw just the word magnesium in my mind. Now, prayer continued and I completely forget to do anything about it. But then Tuesday morning, while I was praying for this individual again, the Lord reminded me of the word magnesium. And then I sent the person a text and I just said, Hey, while I prayed for you yesterday for your migraines, the word magnesium came to mind. I don't know if you're taking it as a supplement, but I feel like maybe the Lord showed me that that might be part of your solution. I sent the message and then I wanted to know for myself. I'm like, Google. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Magnesium and migraines. And would you believe that it says there that 41.9% of people who take magnesium completely get rid of their migraine attacks. And I was just blown away that God is so faithful with a word of knowledge in that moment to encourage someone that needed healing. See, when we gather, there's greater power, there's gifts, there's perspectives, there's word, and we come together and we share that with one another. But then furthermore, Jesus actually teaches that when we gather and when there's agreement, there's greater power, there's added power to our prayers. Again, Matthew 18, 19 says this, Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Here we clearly see that Jesus intends for us to gather in unity and pray in agreement, pray in line with Him and with one another so that we can see the greater power of God in our midst. Psalm 133, which is the psalm, the beautiful psalm about unity, speaks about this. It says, when brothers dwell together in unity, it's like the oil running from Aaron's beard, beard all the way down his cloak onto his feet. And Aaron is representing the priesthood there. And it's saying when we gather to pray with one another and there's unity in the room, it's that anointing oil of the priesthood that runs over the entire body. And I don't know about you, but that is pretty powerful. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that brings these gifts. And then we agree and pray and we will see the mighty hand of God move in our midst. So we have to go to our corners for a greater portion, different perspectives, receiving what we have, ministering to one another and from one another. We've got to go to our corners for greater power. But then the third thing I want to share is that we go to our corners for greater 
perseverance. In Exodus chapter 17, the Israelites are facing the enemies, the Amalekites. And Moses says to Joshua, I want you to go down and fight them. And I'm going to set myself on a hill and I'm going to lift up my hands with the staff of the Lord in my hands overlooking the battle. And then the story continues and how Moses was standing with the staff and the staff representing the authority of God, almost as if he was interceding. And also remember when God gave him the staff, he says, let this be a sign to you and to Pharaoh that I am God and I'm with you. So he's up on the hill and he's praying. And then every time he goes up, the, the Israelites are winning. And every time he goes down, it seems like the Amalekites were winning. So there was this up and down journey because Moses, just like us, would you believe, was a normal man. Sometimes we read the Bible and we read about these heroes and we imagine them to be these superhumans. But he was a normal man and he was standing there with his arms up and the staff of the Lord. And sometimes he just got tired and his hands go down. So when they saw his hands going down and he couldn't persevere in holding it up anymore, they made a quick plan. So they brought some rocks and they put it under, under the staff. And then let's read what happened here. It said, Aaron and her held his hands up, one on the one side, one on the other. May I say quickly for a moment, it's a little bit like the two gloves, like Jesus and Holy Spirit interceding for us, holding up their hands so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we feel like giving up. Sometimes we've prayed for so long, maybe for years, maybe for months. Maybe we just don't have faith to pray anymore. And that's when we go to our corner and we say, guys, help me out. I am weak. I want to give up. I want to lay down my prayers. I don't feel like praying anymore. Will you come around me and lift up my hands? Because I don't want to give up on this battle of fighting the good fight of faith. Not only Moses needed this. Paul asked for it in his letters all the time. Please pray for me. Time and time again. We, saw, we see Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who were together going into the fire. I wonder sometimes if it was one of them, whether they would have gone in the fire, but they said, you know what? We are a corner. We're going to face this fire together. We see how Peter needed to be prayed for in the book of Acts so that God can do the miraculous things. See, we need one another to persevere in prayer. And unless we have a prayer corner, unless we have a place, our perseverance will run out and we will fail. But when we go to one another and say, pick up my hands, then we will see the battle won and the victory will be ours. And then the last thought. When we pray together, there's a greater payoff. And I'll explain this in a moment. But I believe when we pray together, we sometimes get much more than what we hoped for. And definitely much more than we might have gotten when we prayed alone. And the question is, why would that be? Why would God sometimes do more than what we ask for in that corporate place? And I simply believe it's because of God's glory. You see, when we gather to pray and there's a, an amazing answer to prayer and there's a breakthrough moment, what happens? It results in incredible glory to God. So for His name's sake, when we gather, sometimes there are greater payoffs than what we ask for. And I actually want to give you an example of that from Scripture. Out of Acts 12, verse 5 
to 70. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, and not all of it will be up on the screen, but this is an amazing story of the church gathering to pray, and then they got more than what they asked for. So first of all, it starts with Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now, it doesn't say what they were praying for, but they were praying for Peter. Now, why was he in prison? What was about to happen? It says the night before, Herod was to bring him to trial. And Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So these guys were praying because Peter was taken captive. He needed to go into trial and a hearing before Herod. And these guys are like, come on, let's gather. Let's put up our arms. Let's put up Peter's arms and, and pray for him. Because tomorrow he's going to go into the arena, into the battlefield, and he's going to be boxing with Herod. We better be praying for him. Now he was in prison somewhere in the middle of the night. And the next moment an angel of the Lord appeared and there was this massive light in the cell. And then he says that he struck Peter on the side to wake him up, gave him a little kick and said, hey, Peter, get up. And he said this, quickly get up. And then as Peter got up, the chains fell off his wrists. And then the story continues. He tells him, put on your sandals and your clothes. And in all of this, Peter thought that he was seeing a vision. So Peter didn't even realize yet what he was in for. He was thinking that it was simply dreaming or he's seeing a vision and that maybe God was about to speak to him like he has before. But then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. That's an amazing scripture. The angel takes him out of the prison and all of a sudden Peter realized, come on, this is true. And then he says, you know what God has done? He has saved me from the clutches of Herod and all the Jewish people that were lining up for tomorrow because they were about to give me a whole lot of punches. And then when this dawned upon him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. There it is. The corner got together. said, we have a brother to pray for. Let us pray for Peter. Let us pray for him facing Herod. Let us pray for the wisdom of God to be in his, in his mouth when he faces the Jewish people. But then God had something more in mind. There was a greater payoff. So here's the story. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. What a funny story. They've been praying for him, whatever it is that they've been praying. He's at the door. The angel sent him free. He knocks at the door. The servant girl does a job, attends to the door. She recognizes it's Peter. And she's so excited that he's at the door. She runs inside and tells the people, hey guys, Peter is at the door without opening up. I love, just I can imagine what went through Peter's mind in that moment. Here's how the people responded. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. These people came together to pray for a specific outcome. Probably that Peter would have a great trial, but God had a greater payoff because the church gathered, the people got together. And what they had in mind, God said, I am going to better that. I've got something better in mind. And said, Peter kept on knocking 
And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You see, when we pray with our corner, when we gather like that, I believe God is ready to knock on some front doors. I believe God is ready to, to really take our faith to the next level. Sometimes we have a certain outcome and a certain plan, but in that gathering moment, in that together moment when we pray, God has a far greater payoff because there's a greater portion that we have when we pray together. There's greater power. We persevere longer when we pray together and we persevere in our own journey when we pray together, but then God does the miraculous in our world. I want to share two testimonies where I've seen this before. One far off and one recent. The one far off is on one of our India trips that we went on as a church. We were meant to minister to the children through music. Now, as it is in India, as a foreigner, you're not allowed to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in that nation. And we were on the stage and doing what we do, and there was a whole lot of spiritual dynamic. We could really sense it this time around, but also just in the news. And the reality was that the police were out for the Christians and trying to find the Christians proclaiming the gospel. Long story short is we on stage illegally. We're not meant to do what we do. And uh, Uncle Yesupadam and Monica, who we prayed for a couple of weeks ago, they're quite tense around this scenario. And we were out for lunch, and he gets a phone call from the police chief saying, uh, we want to come visit you. So in his mind, he's preparing for the worst. And he comes to me and he says, Pierre, I need you guys to pray. And this is what he said. I just need you guys to pray that there would not be any issues, that you guys are safe. Worst case scenario is that we have to put you on the plane earlier and send you home because you're not allowed to do this, but let's pray for a God outcome. And I remember they actually closed the doors of the, the venue that we were having lunch in, and I could see Uncle Yesparam's office, and out comes this massive police chief and, and two people with him, and they go into Yesparam's office. Now we pray. <laughs> we're like, God, you have a work here for us. And Helena and Alika were with me, and the team, I'm like, I don't want to see any of us lose our passports or end up in a place that we want to go. So God, we just pray for a peaceable outcome. But you know what? God had a far greater payoff. The end of the story is that half an hour later, Uncle Yeshubaram comes to me and says, Pierre, come with me. And he invited one or two of the other leaders. And he takes us to the police chief and he introduces us to this man, a Hindu police chief who's not allowed to let foreigners share the gospel. And the story ends like this. An hour later, us as South Africans, the team from Austria, the team from Germany, the team from the United States are all on the stage ministering to the people with the police chief sitting as the guest of honor on looking this very thing. And then I realized sometimes when we pray, there's a greater payoff because we gather to pray. Another story is one from our life group just recently. As we started this prayer course, I told the guys, you know what? God is wanting to do miraculous things in our midst. So let's start sharing our prayer requests with one another. And there's a, a beautiful young couple in our, in our group who's just recently joined church. And, and, and he, uh, the husband, is in a, in a precarious situation with his work. And he said, I'm trusting God for a greater outcome and a, and a new career opportunity. So we said, come on, let's pray. Within three weeks' time, and every week at Life Group's, at life group gathering, the testimony just gets better. 
Within three weeks' time, he was given three job offers, new job offers, which became four because his existing boss said, I want to match and better anything else you get. And within the three he got, there were two that he really couldn't choose between. And he was praying and we were praying with him. And it ended up that these two became a hybrid so that he can actually do both of them. That is us coming together to pray. And God had a far greater payoff. His request was simply, guys, I need to shift my work. None, not, none of us even thought that God would give him so many opportunities and give him a hybrid of two jobs, which is his perfect dream environment to work in. So I want to say to you today, family, yes, prayer starts in the closet, but I believe it explodes in the corner, in that place where we gather with one another. There's a greater portion, there's greater power, there's greater perseverance, and there's a greater payoff. And this is my charge to you today. Get your prayer corner in order. Make sure that you have family, friends, people in this church, people outside of this church, whoever it is who are praying with you. Go into prayer meetings with the expectation that there's more to experience together with God. Go into prayer meetings with the expectation that you're going to see the power of God in your midst. Go into times of gathering knowing that we are there to cheer one another on and see different perspectives and lift the hands and minister to one another so that we can persevere and go into those, those meetings saying, Lord, this is what we trust you for. But if you want to do more and you want to do the miraculous in our midst, come on, Jesus. We are hungry for it. So this morning, we're going to allow you to pray with your prayer corner. I'm quite aware that some of you are watching this by yourself and it's a very simple application. You can phone someone. Uh, you could send WhatsApp voice notes. You could say, hey, let's have a prayer meeting this week. It doesn't have to happen right now. But where you are gathered with one another, remember that Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is now also praying with you. You've got your gloves on. But gather together, form a corner, and pray for one another. And very simply, we're going to put an instruction sheet up on the screen for you. Four things that we want you guys to pray into. It kind of runs together as a progression. And I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to let you guys pray for one another. And I believe that even from today's message and us applying this and letting Jesus and the Holy Spirit pray with us, we're going to see amazing things. So Lord Jesus, I pray for your people today. Thank you that you've encouraged us in the beauty of corporate prayer. I pray, Lord, even now as we quiet our hearts and pray together and we get into this arena, into this ring and this good fight of faith, Lord, that we would see you do amazing things. Thank you that there's always more to discover and more to grow in you. Thank you, Lord, that there's power in our midst when we gather to pray. Thank you, Jesus, that we can encourage one another and lift up arms. And thank you, Lord, that we can expect a far greater outcome to that what we, what we sometimes ask. And we pray this in Jesus' name.